The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to discuss the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. But before we get into the action, Mike, what's new? Well, I am preparing for a winter storm like no other. <laughs> well, not, not like no other, but uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the Northeast is getting hammered with snow right now. And I don't trust weathermen because <laughs> the bo- I have seen in four different Boston news sites today, you get anywhere from five inches, seven inches. 11 inches and 15 inches. I don't know which one to believe. And I don't, if you have never lived in a place with snow, there's a big difference between five and 15 inches. <laughs> like, yeah, 10 inches. A, it's a, it's a significant <laughs> difference in snow. Like it really fucks up your day. If you don't know there, if there's going to be a plus or minus of 10 inches of snow. Did you see so, the video that was circulating on Twitter of all the vehicles crashing into each other? <laughs> I I always enjoy was this in a southern state? Uh I don't know. The video that I saw didn't have the state attributed, but it was just all of these vehicles slowly sliding into one another. Like <laughs> you can just imagine that the driver in the car is sitting there going, No, just nothing you Clunk. can do. Well, there's that that famous, infamous picture from a few years ago of Raleigh. Where there's like all these cars like just trapped on 40 and then there's a truck on fire at the <laughs> at like the horizon of the picture have you ever seen this before yeah i know what picture you're talking about <laughs> and it, just, it is the, the the context of the picture the juxtaposition of everything just makes it seem like that person gave up like the snow <laughs> equals the apocalypse so i'm gonna set my car on fire to stay warm yep yep if if you haven't seen this picture, I'm going to post it to the socials and you guys can check it out. It's truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's a but classic. Yeah, man. No, but I remember growing great. up in the South. And uh, it, it's um, it's like it starts off with like a bus crashing into a yep. line of cars and then it pushes them <laughs> kind of into an intersection. And then a truck runs into the back of a, the bus and then another bus runs into the truck and pushes it out of the way. And then the second bus rolls into the first bus and then a police car rolls into the bus and then a snow plow loses control and runs into the police car. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. This video, you got to check it out. I mean, oh, I'm sure it was traumatizing oh, for all the people involved and I hope that everybody's okay and nobody got hurt, but my goodness, it's hilarious. Oh man. You gotta, you gotta love how people react to uh, a little snow. So, me personally, I, I'm good driving in it now, so I'm a lot, I'm a lot better. But you know, first big snowstorm of the year, you know, it's gonna, gonna get some news and some headlines. So I'm just hoping not to lose power. And I got my switch and my portable charger already set to go in case it does. So, well, I, I hope you, uh, hope you can hang in there. On, on a somewhat related note, uh, I took my car in uh, today for what I thought was going to be an oil change. Uh, and I, I knew that it was kind of going to be due for some maintenance, 
but I, I didn't know how much maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out I needed my air filters replaced, both the cabin and engine air filter. I needed new brake pads on my front and rear tires, and I needed new tires. Yikes, dude. <laughs> it's been a minute since I got any work done on my car. So, you know, that was a surprise and, and not an entirely pleasant one. But the good news is I got all those things taken care of. And now, you know, my car runs like a dream. Yeah, I had a I took my car in the shop a few months ago and it ended up being a nine day, fifteen hundred dollar ordeal. So I feel your pain there, my friend. Well, thankfully, this was just, you know, a few hours, but it's still, you know, I'm out thirteen hundred bucks after getting four new tires, four new brake pads and and everything else done too so uh, oh see, and they found out that my it was misaligned so <laughs> that's fun too hey joel what's life without a little risk though get the tires but not the brake pads or vice versa save yourself some money and live so on the, the thing edge. is not having the brake pads it's not like your brakes are gonna fail it's, it's just gonna grind the plates so you're just gonna end up incurring more damage later so it's like yeah i might as well go ahead and get this done now because otherwise, like, I'm going to end up paying for it and then some if I don't get these taken care of. So, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else about cars or weather before we uh, we bounce into this week's episode of Dynamite? No, let's let's get into it. The Dynamite that was. And Dynamite kicked off with a six-man tag team match between... The members of the Dark Order and Adam Page taking on Hardy Party. Hardy Party getting the victory in that match, which led into a backstage segment featuring members of the Inner Circle. And we got a singles match between Cody Rhodes and Angelico. Really fun match here. Cody Rhodes getting the victory. And after the match, Team Taz came out to threaten Cody and were interrupted by none other than Sting. Yes, it's Sting. And uh, after this, we got Eddie Kingston coming to the ring to talk about his all of his enemies out there in the world and apparently in the heavens. <laughs> this broke down into a major kerfuffle involving Lance Archer, members of Eddie Kingston's family, the Death Triangle, Pack, who's returning from a neck injury that nobody apparently knew about, just a whole breakdown here. After this was the six-man teams of the Inner Circle and Best Friends and Friends in a tag team match. This match uh, involved a lot of shenanigans, including a miserable F10 from Jake Hager and the Inner Circle getting the victory through nefarious means. Next up was a backstage segment with Thunder Rosa cutting a promo on Britt Baker, only to be ambushed by Britt Baker after a distraction by Rebel, leading into a tag team match between SCU and The Acclaimed, featuring many, many sad bars, and The Acclaimed getting the victory over SCU in this tag team match. Next up, women's action tag team match between Serena Deeb and Big Swole taking on Ivelisse and Diamante. Serena and Swole getting the victory and having a bit of a post-match kerfuffle. It's the word of the night. 
Next up, Best Friends cut a promo regarding Kip and Miro and Miro's announcement that they were going to be discussing Kip and Penelope's wedding plans on next week's Dynamite. Before the main event, we got FTR coming out and just generally being obnoxious on the mics. And finally, the main event and a hardcore match between Kenny Omega and Joey Janela reprising their match from AEW Dark back in last October. And Kenny, unsurprisingly, getting the victory through the one-winged angel. And after the match, he was confronted by Pac and Phoenix, where Pac explained that Phoenix never got his just desserts and he was never eliminated from the AEW Championship number one contenders tournament. And thereby, he will have a match with Kenny Omega in two weeks on AEW Dynamite for the AEW Championship. And that was the week of Dynamite. Stock up, stock down. Can we just give this whole episode a stock down? Does that mean? I mean, <laughs> there was stuff that I liked, but I was never really drawn in by this episode of Dynamite. There was nothing that felt vital really until the main event. That was the first thing that really felt like it was important, that it really, really mattered. I thought it started off pretty fun. I enjoyed the match between the Dark Order with Adam Page and Hardy Party, and I thought there was some good in-ring work. I really enjoyed Cody and Angelico, but in general, this episode just didn't feel important. Yeah, it it didn't really feel like, other than the main event, that things were progressing anywhere. Um, you know, we the whole we talked last week how I personally hate large, large tag team matches. The 12 team tag match I thought was forgettable. Don't really know what the point was. And it seems like they've got their 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 feuds all like crisscrossed, man. Like we had this this 12 man tag match led by the best friends while they're currently in this blood feud with Kip Sabian and Miro. Like why'd they have to take this kind of side path, side quest on their way to this eventual match. They could have just done absolutely nothing this week. And we would still feel exactly the same about where they are with Miro and Kip. So I don't know, Joel, it, it two weeks ago, we were talking about how it might've been the best dynamite we've ever seen. And last week's dynamite, we were all stoked and it was one of the highest rated dynamites ever. And it just today, it just, everything felt flat. Yeah. I, I just, like I said, I just don't think anything really important happened on this episode. I thought we got some good development with Kenny, and we'll talk about that match a little bit later on. But really, I, I don't know what to take away from this. I'm not sure what the feuds are that I'm actually supposed to be paying attention to. Because like you said, everybody kind of seems mixed up. And so I don't know, should I be still focused on... Eddie Kingston and his family against Death Triangle. What's Lance Archer doing in there? Is Lance Archer going to go after Pac? Like, I really don't understand where I should be directing my attention. And that feels like a problem to me. I don't know. Maybe in the next couple of episodes, things will become more clear. But as of right now, I'm just left with a big old question mark and, and not in a good way. 
yeah, we're, it feels like we're in that no man's land between pay-per-views. And AW has done a good job of giving us events in between the pay-per-views to kind of give us something to look forward to. Maybe it's just the chaos that is the holidays where I, I know we have three special episodes in a row coming up and we have the two-part New Year's episode, but these special events don't feel the same as Bash at the Beach or Fight for the Fallen or even Winter is Coming. Wow. Like. And the build, there's no build where the build feels weird. I think the one-offs I get more excited about than the, you know, three weeks of special episodes, because in the past, what's happened is that stories fall by the wayside in favor of in-ring competition. And that's fine for a single special episode. You know, winter is coming was very focused on the in-ring action and that's great. But I don't need three weeks of focus on the in-ring action because that means three weeks of the storylines not really going through that full development process. And coming off of a really strong pay-per-view, coming off of a really strong live event on Dynamite with Winter is Coming, I want a storyline right now. I'm not super worried about seeing great matches and these, you know, extended episodes with title defenses. Like, I really want to see what are the feuds that are going to be coming up. What should I be paying attention to? And and that's what I'm not getting at the moment. Yeah, like let's let's look at the the, the four tiers here of our you know our championship belts. We we have this Kenny Phoenix match. I wouldn't necessarily call it a feud. <laughs> it's just a it's a match that we thought we were going to get. That backstage report said that AEW wanted to come back to at some point. So great. It's going to be fire. It's going to be most likely a five-star match between those two guys. But should I, am I really emotionally invested? Eh, not really. We have this weird Sting and Darby thing with the TNT championship, which is also like, is, is, are they still feuding with team Taz? Is, is, well, I team think Taz Brian Cage is like the number one contender somehow for the TNT championship. At least that's kind of what I gleaned from watching tonight's dynamite. But, you know, clearly anything that happens between now and Darby having a a showdown with sting is just window dressing. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of out on that as well. Which is such a damn shame because that feud, when they brought Cody in, we were so stoked, so excited for it. Let's go to the tag teams. I like the Acclaim. This was my first time seeing them. This was their debut on Dynamite. And they're in a title match already. And what was up with Kazarian outwrapping them already? I know when you have a rapper gimmick um, that you got to have. Sir. Like... Not outwrapping Ryan him, sorry. Styles. The... Ryan Styles is a better rapper than Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> what, what I meant to say is that, okay, he didn't win, but in the world of kayfabe he rapped to kind of get over the acclaimed like yes uh caster is a much better significantly better rapper than frankie kazarian but when your gimmick is being the rapper you can't have really anyone upstage or try to upstage you like that early on so that was that was kind of my issue i remember kurt angle and big show rapping against cena but it was much later <laughs> into the rapper gimmick it wasn't their first is cena's first time on main TV with the gimmick. So, but if that feud feel like that thing with the bucks, 
I'm glad they're going to be in that spot. And I'm sure once again, it's going to be a great match, but the, the, the payout of them getting the championship doesn't yet feel earned to me. And I guess if you watch dark, you've seen them, they they've won eight in a row, seven of which are on dark. But if you're a mainly a dynamite watcher like me, it just doesn't make as much sense yet. You know, I'm fine with that match taking place, but I like to have a little bit more back and forth. And I think part of the issue is that, you know, we've talked about the the rating side of things and how they didn't want to have the same drop off this December that they had last December. So they're trying to do these kind of event episodes to spike the ratings. But the issue is you end up rushing all of these builds and using dark and using being the elite and using these other avenues that frankly i'm not even paying attention to right now like i got other stuff going on and i i hadn't missed an episode of dark up until about a month ago and now like i haven't watched in like three weeks and you know it it's just hard to feel invested in these matches when they're not doing anything to make me feel like it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And then we can look at the, the women's division and while the women's tag match, which we talked about later was really fun. Um, the whole, like they went, they showed a clip from last week to try and, catch people up on why this match is happening. And I saw it last week and I saw it this week and I still don't understand why they're feuding. <laughs> like it literally is, is we're heel women, we're face women. We're going to fight. Well, and I mean, I am really excited for this upcoming showdown between Abdon and Hikaru Shida whenever it happens. And I do feel like they've done a good job of, of building this storyline, but I don't understand why, they're pushing that to dark because like Hikaru Shida had a match on dark that kind of pushed that storyline forward, as I understand. And neither one of them was on dynamite. Like, yeah, uh, presumably there's going to be a match between the three of uh, between the two of them at one of these upcoming, you know, three holiday shows. So where's the build? Where's the development? And we were kind of excited about this one last week and this week, nothing kind of feels like it dropped off. So I, I honestly forgot about it. I forgot about the whole thing last week. <laughs> like you mentioning it just now reminded me of it. Like the one, the one thing, the women's division that I like going other than that is the Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker, a feud, which should be an amazing match. And that's actually a story that has been told over the last few weeks. And just, in contrast, that story with some of the other stories going on right now, it's just the the, the other ones just oh, so underwhelming. So, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. And, and they always have found a way to reel me back in and, and bounce back from some of these kind of weaker episodes. But I, I don't know. Tonight, just I, I never really felt drawn into what I was seeing on the screen. Yeah. So I think there's a talent void right now too. I think with Moxley being off TV, um, which you usually see after a title loss, you know, um, Brody Lee being off TV right now, you know, it's, those are two big figures. We still don't have a lot of the women's roster back. Um, like I would love to see, uh, 
I think it wasn't Shauna on dark last week. Yeah. Shanna's she, back. Shanna's back in the fold. You know, we gotta be close to, um, Chris Statlander coming back as well. You know, her recovery. Um, I've heard, I've read some good things about that. So I just think, yeah, I think there's a, a weird void right now that, uh, I wasn't expecting to happen after that awesome show two weeks ago. So honestly, I think it's just the truncated timelines because they're doing these special shows and that forces you to make matches that are going to happen in a week or in two weeks instead of thinking about what's going to happen in three weeks, what's going to happen in four weeks and building towards that. You know, I, I think when storyboarding, you kind of start with where you want to end up and work your way backwards and there's not a whole lot of opportunity to do that when you're working your way backwards from one week in the future. So, you know, hopefully things will pick up next week. And I think we should move on to some more positive feelings because otherwise it's <laughs> just going to turn into a 40 minute rant about yeah. you know, why we don't like wrestling. And, and I don't think either of us actually feel that way. So, so I mean, if I didn't like wrestling, I would watch wwe so let's <laughs> sick bird dude i know right i know right no 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 let's let's get into some fun stuff uh i loved don Callis and kenny omega talking shit throughout the majority of the main event i thought it was you you mentioned last week that you need something to to hate kenny over to hate don Callis over and i think just the smugness and the arrogance and also just kind of the squash match that they put two of our favorite wrestlers or one of our favorite wrestlers and Joey Janela through. I think I got that hatred that we talked about last week. And I just loved how the two of them came off in that moment, in that spot. Definitely. And uh, there was some good attention to detail here. Something that I've seen in the past that I haven't liked when you have the the live mic on the manager is when the manager keeps talking when their guy's getting beat up. I really like that Don Callis just got quiet when Joey Janela got the upper hand. Like, it's a great spot to lay out. And, you know, you really have nothing to say. Like, your dude's getting his butt kicked. So, you know, what is there for you to say in that moment? And then, of course, as soon as Kenny got the upper hand, there's the voice of Don Callis oh, yeah. coming back, getting in our ears and being generally obnoxious. So yeah, I, I loved this match. I thought it was fun. Not as good as their first match, but I think Ooh, it was serving no. a different purpose. And, yeah. and so I'm okay with that. This was to me the best segment of the night and the segment that made the most sense. So I'm I'm two thumbs up on this one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it got us to hate Kenny. It highlighted, once again, the the viciousness of his v-trigger and the one-wing angel and then post-match it set up a title match that makes sense you know if 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 aw does anything well it's continuity you know it's how eddie kingston got his title match when he wasn't eliminated um how kingston got his next rematch because he never tapped out you know phoenix was supposed to face kenny omega it it was going to be the second round of the tournament and we're going back to that and it, it adds to the, we've answered all of our questions since this tournament began. There are no longer any questions unanswered. Like, I'm like, ah, ha, ha, you're wrong. The bastard is here to show you why. So I, I, I 
overall, this was a the highlight of the show. I can't wait for Kenny Omega Phoenix when that match was on the docket and we talked about it on the show. We were both talking about how it could be match of the year. And it seems like the match of the year could be two days left in 2020. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Phoenix is incredible in the ring and does things that you don't see anybody else doing and is incredibly daring. And I'm sure they're going to put on a really great show and a little bit of the drama is taken out of it because I don't think anybody's expecting Phoenix to win here, but this is one of those where I'm going to have my popcorn. I'm going to have a drink in my hand and I'm going to just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. First title offense after getting the title is always kind of predictable. Very rarely do they lose the title so fast, but you can make up for that by giving us a five-star match. We, we always talk about predictability is okay if it's done well. Yeah, so absolutely. It's 99.99% likely that Kenny Omega is winning that match, but I guarantee we're going to see some shit we've never seen on American television before. So, um, you about to say something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard the lip smack and I was waiting for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know me well. So, did you have anything else you wanted to say on this uh, this main event? I think you know, there's not too much more that that I want to talk about. I think I've kind of got it all in my system. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't there. Uh, I was really hoping for their lights out match that they did on Dark back in October of 2019, but you know, it was fun. Hopefully, they'll cross paths again when we get a full match, not a squash match. For sure. Well, one other segment I wanted to talk about was the women's tag team match. In particular, I want to talk about Big Swole because if possible, she looks even more swole than she did before. I don't know if you noticed, but she has gotten into even better shape and it's just remarkable. She looked great in this match. She was moving really well. You know, obviously we know what Ivelisse, Diamante, and Serena Deeb can do. We've seen them in action a lot more lately than we've seen Big Swole, I feel. Uh, And I just was really impressed with everything that she did in the ring. She's someone who I think has gotten a step and a half faster since her debut in AEW. And that is to the benefit of absolutely everything that she does. So I was really impressed with her in this match. And... I thought it was a really fun one to watch. There were some cool spots and uh, some good work from from all four competitors. Yeah, it's it's easy to hit the gym all the time when you're not on TV. So good for Big Swole taking uh, advantage of the, the time that she has because I don't remember the last time I've seen her in a match on Dynamite. And she does look better. She looks incredible in the ring. And these might be probably four of the top seven, eight women workers in the company, maybe even less. I, I, these the really good combination here. We know Eva Lise and Diamante are a great team and they've been highlighting Serena Deeb as well. So to give them this match, it was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think this might've been the best match from the night. Um, and you know, we, we got some, you know, shenanigans after the match that hopefully in the next few weeks we'll find out why these women are feuding but 
you know, it, for what it was, it was really great. Uh, I think Ivalice is such a talent. Like every time she's in the ring, I just like, I'm just paying so much attention because she is so good. And yeah, that the, it it's, they're, they're building the depth in the women's division, which we have basically been complaining about since the company formed. Um, and they're still shorthanded there, but you know, I, I think if you look at the women who were involved in this match and in the post-match, all, what, seven of them can p- put on probably some pretty good matches with each other if they're just given the time and the spotlight on TV. Well, and I think what we're starting to see is the investment starting to pay off, you know, because a lot of, you could make the argument that a lot of the women who got time in AEW in their first full year of television weren't quite ready for the big spotlight and it showed, but they're all getting better. And, you know, there's plateaus where it seems like it's all on the same level and you don't see the growth and you don't see the development. And then you get past that plateau and all of a sudden someone looks like an absolute star. And I've been high on big swole for a long time Uh, just based on her personality and her ability to get her character over. But I feel like her work is catching up to her character ability. And, you know, that's a really good sign for the division and uh, for Big Swole, because she's someone that I want to see do really, really well. And I feel like it's, it's not that far off. Yeah. And I, I'd like to just, you mentioned the progress that we've seen. God, I remember Red Velvet just consistently getting squashed on Dark. And when she came out for the save with the chair, I legit popped. Yeah, for like, sure. I legit was excited for her to be there, for her to make the save and to potentially set up a multi-woman match down the line. So I remember not liking Red Velvet at all six, seven months ago when she was on Dark. So um, props to them for building her up and, like I, I still haven't been watching Dark, but just she felt more legitimate uh, than I think she has at any point previous. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think once they can get Riho back, once they can get some of the, um, you know, God, I miss Yuka Sakazaki. Like, haven't seen her in a long time. Uh, I can't wait to see Chris Statlander again. So I think I think they're building up the depth. You know, you can't, everyone can't be a star. We, we, you need to have, uh, need to have depth and, and, and divisions to make it work. The tag team division is the deepest in the world. The men's division is finally feeling like it has that depth and stability that we need. And, you know, if, if the women's division can continue like this, where we have several legitimate contenders, then it's going to be in good shape. You know, we're all going to lose Brandy Rhodes for a little bit of time with their pregnancy announcement. Yeah, I kind of glossed over that in the rundown. Didn't mention that. But (laughs) but yeah, that was cute. That was a cute little little vignette. Um, I mean, if you're a wrestler who gets pregnant and you have the option to make your announcement on a wrestling show, I feel like that's the most carny thing you could imagine. (laughs) So like... Well, like maybe we should uh, maybe we should switch over into lightning round (laughs) and we can continue hitting on some of these smaller topics. Yeah, let's do it. Lightning round. What's up with Matt Hardy? Uh, he's a heel. 
<laughs> yeah, are are private party heels with him? I don't think so. Um, I, I think him stealing their moment is part of him being a heel. And uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to his Twitter, but uh-huh. he's been like a, a faux inspirational jackass for like a month now. And I <laughs> love it. And he's posting stuff like, you know, here are all the things that I had to overcome. And, you know, if you're having struggles in your life, you just need to be more like Matt Hardy and, you know, ask yourself, what would Matt do? And <laughs> it's really fun. And it it's just, it's great because him being positioned with this younger and, and incredibly talented, and at this point, you know, more able to do the in-ring performance of pro wrestling than Matt Hardy is, him being able to kind of steal their spotlight and leech off of them fits so well with this character and in the end it's going to put them over huge when they finally you know break free from his shadow so i'm really stoked with this and i think it's super fun yeah that pretty much sums it up i i i i won't question anything matt hardy does creatively anymore i may not get it at first i may not understand but when it's all said and done i'm gonna love it he gets that clout (laughs) like he's earned it so something that i've noticed and i want to get your thoughts on this the quality overall quality of an episode of dynamite goes down as the total number of segments goes up so you know i kind of jot down in my notes uh roman numerals uh for each different segment so i can give it in the rundown Uh, at the beginning, and I miss stuff sometimes, but tonight there were no less than 14 defined segments of different things happening. By contrast, a a couple of weeks ago with Winter is Coming, I think I only wrote down seven, and it, it just, it occurred to me that one of the reasons why a show like tonight's felt disjointed is because there was just so many little things that were packed into it. I didn't even mention Dustin's promo that he cut uh, talking about the dark order. And, you know, there, there were other things I could have included. So really we're talking maybe in the 14 to 16 different things happened on this show. That's a lot for two hours of programming. Uh, So what did you think about that? Oh, it's it's what what made NXT so great during their golden era. The shows were short, the segments were limited, and you didn't see everyone every single week. I feel like they've been trying to cram everything they have going on onto the show right now. So I, I agree with you. There there was so much going on. I I completely forgot about the Dustin thing. It was kind of forgettable. So, um, yeah, I think they're trying to do too much right now. I, I think they need to go back to the form that we like. We don't need to see every single wrestler every single week. Like, I, I'll look at the best friends, for example. We didn't need them to be on tonight's show. They didn't really do anything that impacts what their focus should be. Their focus is Miro and Kip Sabian. You could have had Miro announce that thing next week, and we would just assume, oh, yeah, they're feuding with the best friends. They're going to show up. 
You don't need to have them in two segments, a match, and then explain that they're going to do what we all know that they're going to do. Indeed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I, <laughs> when, um, ah, oh, fuck, I wrote it down. I'm going to have to clean this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, when, when Miro said holiday during that segment, he sounded like Arnold from Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> and it completely took me in and out of the moment because I was so excited. And then I completely ignored what he was saying and I had to rewind it. But uh, I liked Miro's promo. Talking about he hates Orange Cassidy because he doesn't care about likes or subscriptions. And <laughs> I feel like that's why like you're the Orange Cassidy in this segment, Joel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. That my my takeaway yeah. my takeaway from your feedback here is that we need next week on Dynamite we need Miro to say I'm not a pervert. I just want the Turbo Man doll. <laughs> and then he can fight Santa Claus Big Show and just come bring it all full 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 yeah, full circle. Man, I can never say that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that segment. I I like I love this Miro. Um, I love that this feud has been going on for a couple months, maybe six, seven weeks now, all because a video game got busted. And that speaks to me. So uh, <laughs> if we were still in stock up, I'd give a stock up to Miro. Cause I just, I enjoyed what he did there. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so I have a question for you and this might be, this might count as my random observation for the week. Uh, okay. But how, how many sleeves does Sting's coat have? I I don't know. I it's it's hard to it doesn't really um kind of flow in the wind when you're only just walking around for two seconds and going to the back. So I don't know. How many sleeves does he have? I didn't know. So it's at least I didn't three, know. right? At least three, because he's got a sleeve for each arm and he clearly has a special sleeve that's just for the bat. Because I mean He's not holding it when he comes out. He is clearly reaching into his coat and pulling it out of a secret sleeve in the jacket. And I love that. I think it's super fun. <laughs> I, I I will say it. they're wrestling outdoors. Jack, Northern Florida can get pretty chilly uh, at night. And, uh, you know, Sting's an old man. He's in his 60s and it snows every time he walks out. So he's got to layer up, dude. He's got to layer up. It's just clear that he also doesn't want his baseball bat to get cold. And I think we can relate to that. Well, yeah, it, duh. Um, I'm going to bring up, I really enjoyed, I think I mentioned it in the stock up, stock down segment. I enjoyed the Eddie Kingston promo. I, the whole, you know, who's going to fight him thing. I, that, I did not really do much for me, but him talking about how God is his number one enemy and how pack is his other enemy. Like I just thought of that tag team match that Shawn Michaels and God had against the McMahons. Oh man, I we forgot about teenagers. that. Oh yeah. We're the, the promo was a giant beam of light. <laughs> yeah. Next that to Shawn was Michaels. super weird. Yeah. So I really hope that we get a fatal four way match on Christmas day taped on Christmas day between, uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, the bastard, um, Lance Archer and God. Yeah. I you think know, that's what we, I, we truly need. I think one thing on a more serious note that that promo does is it kind of creates that context where it's like, these are the two enemies that I care about, right? God, who I've clearly been feuding <laughs> with my entire life. I'm still alive, big man. 
and yep. and pack and and these are the two th- people that i care about that i'm feuding with these are my two enemies that matter to me and i think that's great i think it's good good work and no surprise that we both liked an eddie kingston segment on the mic well which one do you think he has better odds of beating <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. Pac's in really good shape. <laughs> oh man, I when you when you talked about needing a re, like, you need Kenny, you need Kenny to make you hate him. Man, Kingston's so damn good at that. It doesn't matter what he's talking about. At the end of it, I'm like, oh yeah, this motherfucker. So, just probably the other one of the other segments tonight that I really enjoyed. Mr. I think it was a conscious adjustment on his part because. For a while there, he was a little bit too cool as a heel. And now he's just went into this territory that's, you know, full on heel and and not very likable. And I do think that's an intentional adjustment and it's working. I want to see him get beat up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do, too. Joel, do you have another thing in lightning round for me? Um, I, I think I'm good. I think, you know, the only other thing that I was going to going to talk about was uh, and this, you know, usually lightning round is things that we want to highlight, things we think are positive. But I, I do want to say, as much as I love the gimmick of the acclaimed and Max Caster doing his rapping, like tone it down on the misogyny, dude. Like, yeah, I, I did not care for the specifically the, the rapping aimed like, at the Bucks after the match. Like that just what the fuck dude like yep and then and then literally two seconds later the backstage promo with top flight they they called mjf and uh jericho bitches if they don't accept so little bitches i think so yeah it was a very uh yeah not a good five minutes for uh progress there um i got one last thing uh I love I love the Beaver Boys coming out dressed up in Cowboys gear. Heck yeah. <laughs> like they're so freaking funny. And that match was really good. I I still I'm still wondering what Hangman Page is gonna do here. Um and it's really tough for me, not tough in a bad way, but like John Silver and like Alex Reynolds, they're so funny and like Cole Cabana is so funny that I want to love the dark order, but then you have like this flip side stuff with like the Dustin stuff and what Brody Lee has done in the past. I'm like, Oh yeah, I kind of hate them. So I, I feel like there should be two, two dark orders. Kind of like how there were two NWOs. <laughs> we'll just have like the funny dark order doing their own thing. And then we'll just have the serious dark order for bigger shit. I think we kind of have that already. And I think if you want to cheer that way, I think that is a okay. No, no, no. I want two separate factions, two separate merch, a whole pay-per-view named after the two of them feuding. That is what I want, Joel. Well, I want Hulk Hogan to be in none of them. Don't get don't get John Silver and Alex Reynolds started on merch because <laughs> they were just on uh, AW Unrestricted and talking about how annoyed they are that people ask them to make shirts and then they make the shirts and then nobody buys them. <laughs> Well, if you rebrand into your own f- comedy faction, I will buy your shirt. Garen damn teed. All right. Well, lock it in. Lock it in. All right. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show, Twitter at OWS underscore pod, Joel at the other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. 
You can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere you get podcasts. If you're an Android guy like me, you can get it on pretty much any of the Android podcasting apps. Like us, subscribe, give us a review. Reach out to us. Joel, I don't know. We don't know 100% yet if we're going to do a reaction show next week with Dynamite being delayed with the MEA. But if we don't do a reaction show, we will get you a bonus episode. So you will have something from us regardless. Uh, And Joel, anything else before I decide to go build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? Want to come and play? Join the Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.